Inside Chicago government. Any use of power disturbs it. ShyGov.com. Welcome to another in a series of interviews with Ben Jarofsky. I'm Dave Gloetz. Ben Jarofsky writes on government and politics for the Chicago Reader, and he's here with me today. What's the word today, Ben? The word is the word. Profound. Well, today we're talking about your article that appeared in the Reader on February 28th, 2013, and it's titled Chicago's BFFs, a legislator from Waukegan. And uh, BFF stands for? Best friend forever. Indeed. This article talks about Illinois Representative Rita Mayfield's proposed legislation to exempt public schools tax levy from skimming by TIF districts. Yes, God bless her. And for our newer listeners, let's do a primer. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> a primer on tax increment uh, financing. Dude. A TIF district, say in the city of Chicago, is yeah. defined as any area, could be as small as a block, could be as large as a zip code. That's correct. And in that area, at whatever point it's established, if property taxes for all the properties in that district go up, that incremental amount of the tax goes not to the taxing bodies that would normally receive those taxes, such as the Chicago Board of Education or the Chicago Park District. Instead, that incremental amount of tax money goes to a special fund established in that TIF district for use by the city of Chicago to fund new developments in that district. That would be the textbook definition of the TIF. And you argue that that, that results, those TIF districts result in a tax increase. That is a tax increase. Because yes. those taxing bodies don't get that increment, and therefore they must increase their tax take, their levy right. or whatever, to make up for that lost revenue. That's correct. What's the counter-argument to that? Someone on the right side of the... But there's a right? I mean, as in someone on the poli a someone political on the conservative defending tips? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> on the right side, I mean, as opposed to left, political? Okay. Yeah. Conservative. Might argue, why do these taxing bodies, why do you want to guarantee them more money every year? That's the feeble argument put up by right-wingers who are trying to justify their votes for these corrupt Democratic mayors we have. Well, what's the answer? If you want to cut government... If you believe that the increment... Not cut. Maintain the same level of funding. Well, no. Effectively, you're cutting government because costs go up. Ah, so you want tax take to increase commensurate with costs. Let's back up. If you believe, like our conservative friends believe, that you could actually do with the same amount of funding for schools that we had when the TIF scam started in 1986, I believe it was like $2 billion, we're at $5 billion, something like that, then you're seriously deluded because things have gone up since then, not the least which is just like heating a school. Now, do you want to pay people what they were paying in 1986? Do you want to pay the same health benefits that you were paying in 1986? Do you want to have less programs, like special ed programs, less art programs, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, that's the absurdity of people who argue that we could exist at the same level where we were at the start of the TIF scam. So putting that insane argument to the side, I would say the basic point is that it's inarguable that TIFs under our current system don't raise the taxes that we pay. I'm teasing you because you said you argue that it on, and I go, that's like saying, oh, you know, you're the one talking Newton about. Said it. that that <laughs> apples will fall when they come off the tree. You're, What's the counter argument? You're the one who's commonly voicing this article. Well, I'm the only one who goes around saying, I'm like, like again, I'm like the old guy in a park. Do you know they're raising our taxes with these tip things? That's an outrage. They kicked you out of that park, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, it is true, people. You know, whether you say it or not, it raises your taxes. 
It raises the taxes that you pay in the name of education and takes that extra amount and diverts it to a slush fund controlled by the mayor. That, folks, is your TIF program in Chicago. Let's go to the article. You talk about Mayor Patrick, uh, Mayor Alderman Patrick O'Connor, <laughs> our next mayor. <laughs> And what a mayor he would be. Running in the primary against Tony Preckwinkle. You talk about his argument. Um, oh, what an argument it is. The argument against your argument. <laughs> that, all right, I'm getting lost. Too many arguments. Too many arguments. Let's have an argument. Can't we just stop arguing? Can we just all get along? <laughs> your argument is that this money is robbed from Chicago public schools, the tax increment yes. money, because most of property tax money in Chicago does go yeah. to the Chicago Board of Education. Yeah. And O'Connor's argument is that that's not really true because there's a cap on how much the Chicago Board of Education can raise property mm-hmm. taxes every year, raise its levy, and there's no <laughs> such limit on how much the TIF can take. Yes, correct. So let's try to compare those two, like compare the tax revenue the Board of Ed would get under both scenarios. The first scenario being the Board of Ed raised its levy to the maximum rate allowed, yes. or the second scenario, a local TIF captured a property tax increase. In the first scenario, we have the fact that the Board of Ed is allowed to raise its levy, I looked it up, by the lesser of 5% or the increase in the consumer price index, Okay. either one plus the rate of development. So that means if the new property is developed in the area, then they get to calculate an additional percentage to get tacked on. By my calculation, the last time they did this, which is in 2012, they Uh raised it they got a little less than 6% wow. of an increase. Very good. That's even beyond any geekdom that I've done. It's not reported. Yes. You do deserve a lot of credit for that. I'll take that. And that resulted <laughs> in about $117 yeah. million. $117 million extra? Yeah. $117 million? Yeah. Just from property taxes alone. Right. So they consumed $117 million more in property taxes in 2012 than they did in 2011. Correct. Strictly from raising the levy. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So one amount on average gets siphoned off from property taxes to the city's TIF accounts. Are you asking me this question? Well, let's just do it the big ballpark figures. The TIFs took in, gosh, for 2012, I believe approximately $450 million. So roughly $225 million, half of that. It's really 52%, but let's just keep it ballpark. It'd be $225 million. So add the $225 million to the $116 million, and that's the extra amount of money you, the taxpayers of the city of Chicago, paid in the name of education, but only $116 million of that went to education. So Patrick O'Connor's argument is one of the most cynical arguments, uh, defensive tips I've ever heard. And it's particularly hilarious coming from a man like O'Connor who pretends that he's a great defender of the property taxpayers and is refusing to raise property tax dollars one nickel. So what he's saying is let's just go along with this um, scam where we say we're protecting you, the taxpayers, from unnecessary raises in your education expenses through this cap while we secretly jack up over the cap so we can divert it from the schools into the TIF fund. And in fact, our numbers pan out. Just to go back a step, your $225 million, you got that by just simply dividing the total take in half because roughly half of the property tax. It's about 52%. Earlier I said yeah. most, but yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's roughly half. half, yeah. So that's how you got 225 yeah. mil. So mm-hmm. bottom line is that in our example, the schools lose 225 mil. They can only make up 117 mil as the max. So well, they did lose. I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, and I don't really want to go there, but it gets exceedingly complicated because to a certain degree, the state it will increase its revenue to the city of Chicago because they're diverting money to the TIFs. So even more cynical 
is that state education money, which we claim we desperately need and desperately want, is part of this scam. Do we know how much? Yes, I figured this out. And although I am known as Mr. I know everything about TIFFs, I can't remember. The article ran in 2005, and I'm constantly citing it. Is it it more or less than $100 million? It's less than $100 million, yeah. It's a portion of it. It's not the full. It's not dollar for dollar. I used to have these uh, great discussions. I don't have them anymore, unfortunately, with bureaucrats who worked for the Daily Administration. This was in the O's when there were a few of them who loved to talk, loved to debate, loved to, you know, just address these Before the message became unified. Yeah, before the message, before they all became robots under ROM, we will just repeat what we were told. We don't talk to people who aren't part of our program. So I'd, I'd have these great conversations with the geeks, and we would try to figure out you know, what exactly the scam, how the scam worked. I mean, we were sort of helping each other understand this because this is in like 05, 04, 06, somewhere around there when I was just starting to understand this thing. So we're trying to figure out how much of the TIF scam is being subsidized by the state. And I think it was like 30%, but I can't remember. It's so convoluted and complicated. I think that when it comes to the issue of TIFs and property taxes, Patrick O'Connor is doing a tremendous disservice to the citizens of Chicago to pretend as though there is not a diversion going on, that there's not a tax hike going on, that somehow or other the schools are getting what they deserve when, in fact, he has to know that the schools are being used to increase property tax yields for this uh, TIF program. I just don't know how we can continue to do this, Dave, at a time like we were both at the meeting last night where we're closing schools and we're cutting teachers and you know all these horrible things that we're doing to public education. I don't know how we can justify closing schools, getting rid of teachers, reducing the amount of investment we have in public education when we have all this money being raised in the name of education being diverted. So that's why what Mayfield's proposal, which is very limited in scope because it only affects future TIFs, is so important. Let's talk about someone who is apparently justifying this. You wrote about CPS's objection to Representative Mayfield's proposal, and that objection came from CPS, I'll call her a lobbyist, Laura Farr, who said, quote, it's not clear that it would generate extra dollars for schools, end quote. I want to run right out and interview this far. <laughs> She's sort of repeating the Patrick O'Connor line. But I want to and pass the math that we've just gone through oh, right, right, to right, her right, right. And, and say, how do you reconcile this? Yeah. Did well, you try to talk to her? No. And uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure she's dying to, ask, to talk to I me. Ask the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the publicists don't talk to me anymore, Dave. What? Look, let's put, what's her name, Far out of the issue. She's a, let's push her far aside. Yeah, she's just doing her job. There's a line that CPS has to follow and... You know, they are part of the mayor's team. They're appointees. They owe their jobs to him. This goes back to the daily years. There's an official line on TIFs. TIFs are good. TIFs help the schools. We're sticking with the TIF program through thick and thin. And uh, they've never had any sort of serious look and examination of what they've given to the TIFs as opposed to what they've gotten back from the TIFs, whether it's been in their long-term best interest, whether the investments are good. Now, here's another point. You have to think of the school as an investor in a TIF. School. What a school district is saying is, we're willing to give you, Mr. Mayor, our tax proceeds 
at the moment because we believe you will shrewdly and wisely invest them in an economic development deal that will increase the amount of money that we receive. Because property values would go up as a result of those, those developments and exactly. therefore property taxes right. would go up. And so you talk about the new development funds that you would get to keep that would help you with your levy issues. Well, when you invest in a school, if you use TIF dollars to build a school, you're not increasing the property tax yield. Because they don't pay they property They don't pay taxes. taxes. So it's not a shrewd investment of their economic development dollars. Though arguably, the improved school might affect other development in the surrounding neighborhood. Absolutely. And you want to invest in your communities, but it's not like an investment strategy that you could say, I invested $10 in Starbucks stock and now it's worth $15. You can't budget against that, so to speak. You're saying it's not very strategic. It's not very strategic at all. It's not what the program is intended for. The program is not intended really to uh, subsidize governments, uh, effectively they're subsidizing operations through TIFs because presumably if you spend more TIF dollars on capital projects, then you would have more money left over for operational dollars. Instead, TIFs are supposed to be used to invest in your property tax base so that you have more tax dollars coming in. So the program, any way you look at it, is being abused I just keep fighting this one day because I'm a very stubborn fella and like, I'm not going to step back. Anyway, I'm always happy when anybody addresses this. And Rita Mayfield comes from Waukegan and, uh, you know, she was on the board of ed at Waukegan. I enjoyed the quote she gave me. She said, when the board of ed argues that they don't need the TIF money while closing 129 schools, she thinks that's crazy. And I just told her, I go, well, it's just a shame that we have to go all the way to Waukegan to find somebody who points that out. Um, so I'm really hoping that Chicago legislators join her crusade. Your article, she said that the interested parties will have a meeting to discuss. What do you know about this meeting? Only what I reported. I presume I will not be invited to the meeting. This won't be the first time that TIFs have been on the agenda at one of these Springfield meetings. I believe before we started these interviews, I did a story. It was hilarious, actually, in some ways, where Mike Quigley at the time was a great TIF crusader. He was a Cook County Board Commissioner. And Rob Lagojevich, our great governor from the uh, O's. Whom you voted for. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Three times. Twice in a primary and once in a regular. Well, But are you sending him letters or not? Yes, I'm sending him letters. He convened a meeting to discuss TIFs, and, and the state legislators were just outraged. They thought it was grandstanding, which I don't know what was in his mind, but he convened this great summit to discuss TIFs. I remember that, and Quigley went down to Springfield. Yes. Were we doing the interviews then, or I just, just remember reading the article? It was a delightful moment where Quigley was sitting around a table lecturing the majority, minority leaders, you know, Republicans and Democrats, Senate, Madigan was in the room. But this is different. This is Representative Mayfield, who's not the governor. Who is she going to be able to get in the room that well, makes any difference? Well, presumably, they're going to get in the room officials from the Chicago Public Schools, the mayor's office, Chicago Teachers Union. I don't know what other players will be Why in there. Why would they bother? Why would those players bother as opposed to just having, you know, their folks in Springfield squash the legislation? Well, because maybe there's a more effective way to squash it. You know, maybe they're trying to gauge her to see what uh, they have to do to get her to drop the issue. Uh, she sounded pretty determined to me. I'm thinking about it, Dave. I can't figure out why they do the things they do. You know, why are our educators defending a program that deprives them of money at a time when they're closing schools? 
you know, I guess their loyalty to the mayor is really large and deep. Well, we'll just have to be content not to know what we don't know. Yes. On that note, Ben Jarofsky, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, sir. Listeners, we welcome your questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter, Facebook, and your web. Subscribe to our podcast by going to shygov.com. Until next time, I'm Dave Glowatz with Ben Jarofsky. Peace.